0: We're now listening to the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to our podcast. This is the Molten Fantasy Sport Podcast and I am your host, Rob Kennedy, coach, manager, whatever you want to say of the delicious
1: raviolis.
0: There are only two of us in the studio today. I'm here with my close friend. Mickey Dell, how are you, my baby? Ladies and gentlemen,
1: boys and girls, children of all ages, I am the manager, the owner of the 2023 version of Mixed Pigs. How are you, Robbie? I'm doing well,
0: mate. I'm doing well. I must admit, I've had a very big, uh, very big Sunday. See, look, I don't even know what day it is. I've had a very big Sunday, <laughs> and I'm, uh, I'm very comfortable on my couch right now, so everyone is going to get flat-out complete honesty from me tonight. I like to think that we're always honest on our podcast. We always give it as we see it and we give it as we feel it. But today, I think even more so. Have you had a good weekend, mate? Yeah, it's been
1: good, mate. Nice and quiet with the family. Haven't done a lot. Um, Yeah, as you're aware, we put a bit of research into this. So um, the feedback that we've been getting from the viewers, we really enjoy it. We appreciate it. Um, And we're doing our best to get back to you all as quickly as we can. So, yeah, keep the love coming through. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Well, today's episode, we are going to try and start punching out a couple short and sweet. By short and sweet, I say about 15 to 20 minutes. Really starting to get to the nitty gritty. I think people are starting to get to that point of going, you know what? I really need some info on those point of difference players. So anyone who's been listening along, we've done our must-haves. Make sure you jump on and have a listen to that episode. We've done our must-have players. Now it's time to find those players that no one else is picking that are really going to make that, dare I say, difference in, uh, in winning you some either your league or actually trying to get you that cash of trying to take out the whole competition. So we'll start with the defenders today. But Mickey Dell, I want to hear, what is your definition when it comes to a point of difference
1: or a pod player? So a point of difference player would be, for me, someone that's owned by less than 8% of the community, but has the ability to score just as well as a premium or someone who is owned by a large chunk of the community. Uh, We're looking for something different here, you know, someone that can score well. And the reason why we do put this research in is to separate you from the rest of the community, hopefully give you those extra points. So then when it comes down to the crunch time, if it's 20 or 30 points difference between you winning the cash or not, then uh, we've helped you out along the way. So stay tuned. We've got a few rippers for you.
0: Yeah, I think you're spot on. I I think for me, one of my my favorite reads in the year is always reading the article that's written on the person who won the competition and hearing where their team started, where they think they made a great trade, where they think they started to flounder away. And I guarantee nine times out of 10, where they started is a really good balance between must-haves and point-of-difference players. It's never just the team that has the highest percentage across the board. They have thrown a couple in and they always say, I love that I picked this player at the start because it just benefited me. So hopefully we find a couple in these next four episodes. We will break up the four lines. We're just going to start with the defenders now. So, mate, I know you've got five. Yep. You haven't told me who those five are. I'm intrigued. So everybody listening along or watching along on YouTube, thank you and welcome. Um, you're going to get my natural reaction to, uh, to these five players. So who and where would you like to start?
1: Well, I'm going to start with my obvious one after doing the, the research that we have. Uh, Adam Sarge from Carlton. So he's at 567,000, and I will point out right from the start that he may not jump off the page at you, but with Zach Williams in the side, who has recently gone down with an ACL and he's done for 2023, he averaged 92. Without Zach Williams in the side, he averages 110, which is 18 points more. That puts him in the top two for averages for a backline player in uh, this whole set. Um, season coming so when you're looking at Doherty going into the midfield and you've got your choice between Adam Sard, who loves to run and carry you get points for bounces you get points for effective kicks we know he loves to give that one to the handball over the top get it back take the game on Um, I think he's a really really smart pick and at only 3% of teams at the moment
0: yeah, I think I, th- I think it's a really great pick. I love where you've started there. I can I can I can get a vibe. I think with anyone, as I said, anyone who's been listening along knows that I've been looking forward to these episodes because I love hearing about these players. The worst thing about this episode is it makes me just look at my bloody team and go, "Oh, do I need to get this person in there?" Yeah. But I think Sard is a great call. And anyone again who's watching along on YouTube, if you see me looking down, I'm. I'm As I said, I don't know these players, so I'm scrolling and having a look at their stats. He puts up a lot of 100-point games. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, you could look at that and see the drop-off. There's a couple of 71s and a 63, but he's got a lot of over 100-point games. And I think your stat there, which if he can score that many 100-point games, with Williams and with Doherty and those got likes in the back line, I think he's going to be that main sole player to get that handball around the back to continue doing what he's doing. I think you'll see an increase in those hundred point games. Uh, okay? Yeah, I think so too. I think it's a solid must have a look and uh, and consider putting him in at that price. He's not bad. I mean, it's definitely a primo price. Yes. But um, I think he sits number seven on the price list. But uh not a bad choice. I mean, when you start looking at your, your Jordan Dawson's at 6.03, I mean, sometimes people at this point of the season to get that round one team together, mate, 30 or 40,000 can be the difference between upgrading someone or not to give you a little bit more confidence. So,
1: yeah, good first shout, mate. Where, where do we move to yep. next? so next we'll bring up a Western Bulldogs player that sort of goes under the radar a little bit and still at 3% of ownership, Bailey Dale. He's very, very underrated when it comes to his use of the ball. So the last two years, he's averaged 95 and 102. Last year, he went at 18 kicks and eight handballs per contest. That's what he averaged for the whole year. That's a 70% kick average and hit the target over three quarters of the time. That's huge for Supercoach World. The last two years, he's averaged 24 and 26 touches a game. And I can only see with Caleb Daniel moving up into more of a midfield role, he's going to take over that role. So... Yeah, for me, that's that's a real smart pick at three percent as well.
0: Yeah, I love I love his numbers. I really love his numbers when you go and look at his scores last year. You know, he's, he kicked off the year with a 90, 95, ninety, hundred and fifteen, ninety five, one twenty one, one thirteen, and then he just kicks on into this whole bunch of hundreds in a row. Um, he shows good trends. Mm. He, his average his average really dropped off with the last three games as well, which. I don't know which way you want to read that. You know, is it getting close to the end of the season, a bit of fatigue, working out to the final? So he had a 68 and 88 and an 83 to finish the year. Mm. I mean, it depends which way you want to look at it. You could talk it in a positive sense of being, well, that's the reason I'm going to put him in. It actually floundered his numbers, so he's got the opportunity to score more. But I love the role that he plays there. I think, I think he's a, a gun. And I know a lot of mates who have him sitting at the D1 position. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking to save a bit of cash with the quality that is there in the back line um, when you can get a Nick Dacoff for 502, mm-hmm. but he's, you know, in that in that list of, of high percentage owned. But, yeah, I know people that happily put him in that D1 position, save a bit of cash and spend it somewhere else. And for sure. to be honest, you could do it with confidence.
1: Absolutely. Yep. So uh, next of all, we're going to go, we've got two one percenters and one zero percent to finish off the back line here. The first one being... Sorry,
0: did you say a 0%? I've got a
1: 0% that I think people will go, Oh, I've missed him. Okay. But we'll get to him.
0: Uh, mate, Mickey Dell with the T's. I like yeah. that. Mate, mate, you're getting used to this uh, podcast radio gig, whatever you want to call it. Just hang on, everybody. Make sure you listen to the end because I've got a gem for you.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: <laughs> so this next
1: one, this next, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we have Daniel Rich coming in at 531K. So the past four seasons... He's averaged 96, 90, 107. He went down 10 points last year to 96.5. He's still one of the best kicks in the competition. In a loaded, loaded Brisbane side, he goes at 18.5 kicks per game and only 4.7 handballs. They look to get the ball to him to kick the ball whenever he can, and he does use it well. His uh, percentage rate for usage, he runs at over 80%. So you know when he gets the pill, he uses it well. The last two years, he's gone at 23 touches a game and 26 touches a game. Uh, At 531K, it is a bit of a question mark when you're looking at others like Nick Dacos and what have you, even Bailey Dale, 30K more. Um, He's probably a bit more of a, I don't know, he's not as certain as the the previous two that I've mentioned. But still, if you can find room for him, I think you're going to get your 100 pretty much average of the year.
0: Yeah, I think you know what you're going to get yeah. from him. Uh, my concern now is uh, we know Chris Fagan comes from the from the Alistair Clarkson breed. That's right. Um, everybody who hasn't listened along before, I am a Hawthorne man. I follow them very closely. One thing that I found out that Clarko did as a coach was on the field, he had a big brother, little brother system. Uh, I think there was an element there of a middle brother, but we'll keep it simple for the moment. The older players and the veteran players were the big brother and the new players were the with a younger brother. And what they sort of did with their role and what I heard was big brothers really had to stick to the structure and little brothers were allowed to get off the chain a little bit. But they had this sort of mentor system where they could, you know, really get in and go hold on. Stick to the structure, yes you can get off a little bit, but off we go. So what I'm trying to get at here is I feel like Daniel Rich is starting to move to the big brother mold. Right. And there's going to be a lot more new players coming in that will take the the little brother role and possibly be those ones that get off the chain. Um, you've got your Wilmonts, you've got your, I mean, he's older, like McKenna's that might come in, and and Rich might have to sort of just stay home a little bit more. So, look, he's a solid pick. You know what you're going to get from him, but I wouldn't see him getting any more than that sort of ninety average. If I'm yeah,
1: nice no, shout.
0: That's not a bad thing. 90 average is not a bad thing. If, you, if you're
1: spot on with that, Caden Coleman's one to watch. We'll get into him in a later episode. Great shout. Great shout. The
0: one that I forgot. Exactly. I think we'll start to see a few more of the younger players get off the chain. Mm-hmm. And that could be the difference between the Lions actually being, you know, that, that prelim team
1: to a premiership team. Yep. And, yeah, I had Caden Coleman last year and couldn't complain. He's just awkwardly priced at the moment. Spot on. Next, we'll go 1% again. Uh, I'm excited to see this bloke play. Isaac coming, 521K. Um, he really did come on in 2022. Like He only averaged 95 and went at 24 touches a game. But his role is going to become more predominant. And with the Giants looking to play that quick run-and-gun footy, both you and I know as previous senior coaches, that run-and-gun all starts from your half-back line, from your running defenders. They look to get the ball in those players' hands and look to push and break the lines and try and clear lines to get to that next contest. So for me, if this is the way that GWS are going to play, this is a big watch in the preseason. If If this is what they're going to do, that is very, very cheap for Isaac Cumming and I will find room for him.
0: I, I really rate him really rate him as a player, and I think he's shown the trends in the right direction for Supercoach. You and I and Justin have talked about this a lot. We look at the trends, and, and they, they speak for themselves. And when you actually look at certain players who have those breakout years, what they did in previous years, there are obvious trends that show when that breakout might come, and Isaac's, Isaac Cummings is showing that 100%. Absolutely. Now, anyone out there who's got bigger kahunas than I do, I've seen them. they putting Dale. And Cummings as their D one and two, and they're saving some serious coin. And when you look at it on paper, it doesn't look bad mm. at all. I've, I mean, I've got Dockerty and Dawson. I feel good about it as my one and two. But if you were to show me Dale and um, and Cummings, I'd be. I, you couldn't nearly say that they'd do the exact same score. Mm. You, and you're saving some serious coin.
1: Yep. Big watch. Big watch it is.
0: I, I, it's it's yeah. I really rate him, and if I have a look at my team and I really want to upgrade someone to get a bit more confidence, I could see me dropping Doherty or Dawson
1: for either a Dale or yeah, a coming. for sure to get that cash. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this next one, the zero percent I was telling you about, and for people that have played Supercoach in the past, this might rep- hold on. Yeah.
0: Do we need a drum roll? Do we need a, Give drum, us a drum roll? Or roll? Or yeah, for sure. Oh man, I should have I should have really prepared.
1: There it is. All right, we ready?
0: It doesn't want to work. I've really talked that up, and for some reason, Nathan, our producer,
1: mate, let's fix the drum roll next time. Please. So here we go at 0%. For For the people that have played in the past, Mitch Duncan at 486K, he averaged 88 coming back from injury last year. In the previous five years before that, he averaged over 100, even topping out at 110 one year. He has always been in Supercoach, that model of consistency. he, have, he still averaged, you in know, injury riddled year, 24.4 touches per game. And he still kicks to handball. He goes to two kicks for every handball. So he's still highly um, kick first orientated when it comes to the Supercoach world. For me, he's a must watch in the preseason. If he continues or goes back into that midfield role, So I feel as though they're going to play Dangerfield forward a lot more than midfield this year. So with Duncan alongside the likes of Menegola, which we'll get into at a later episode as well, Maxi Holmes, who will get a mention, Tommy Atkins, Joel Selwood's gone. Is he going to go back into the engine room and continue on his 100-point averages? So for me, watch watch this space in the preseason. If he lines up in the middle and looks good, you could do a lot worse at 480K.
0: I really love the shout. I, I love Mitch Duncan. Yeah. Um, not just because he's West Australian. I love Mitch Duncan. He's the kind of guy that you want in your side. And I think West Aussie teams try to get him back here. He obviously loves it over there. Um, I just don't know if he'll actually go back in the midfield. Yeah. He, might big, he might have a bigger role, though. But you and I just talked about trends. And you've gone 109, 106, 103, 103, 99, 88. Now we still played 19 games last year. Uh-huh. That's the only thing that worries me. But 486, 800, oh, It's it's not bad. But I would so I would say to you though, Nick Dacos at 502, Mitch Duncan at 486. We're talking what 14 uh, 16k. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's if it was a bit lower, yeah. Yeah. But it's not about shout for 0%. I must admit, you you talked to me about this about a week ago. I didn't even know Mitch Duncan was a defender. So apologies to everyone for me not doing my research. It's a great pickup, but he did go to that halfback flank role. So it makes sense of why they put him there this year. That's
1: right. So, yeah, they're the five backline pods that I've uh, been able to find so far.
0: I think it's really important, mate. I think they're great shouts and hopefully everyone's listening along and having a little bit of a look. You talked about that 8% mark. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to throw out a couple, and I'm just having a look that are right on that borderline. You know, Jack Sinclair, the the number one priced defender, is at 9%, which really does surprise me. I yeah. still I know he's. it's probably that fear factor of bit of a breakout year. Can he really do it again? I'm not going to take the risk right now. So I can understand. Um Angus Brayshaw sitting at eight percent again. What role will he play? And, and I'll, I'm going to throw to you in a second, mate, mm-hmm. and I'll, I want your view on it too. Um, the other one for me, and a, and a big shout out to to a few of our people that uh, have been listening and commenting on YouTube. Um, you know, Mason Redman as well. You're a Bombers man. He's sitting at three percent. Yeah, he put up some good numbers. So, and even Hayden Young's at ten percent. I've got a feeling he was in your side at one point. He, he on was very early on. Yeah. So four, four names there, mate. Just quickly, what's your thought on those four names um, who are very close to that, that 8% and Mason Redmond's down at 3%?
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's well known that I'm an Essendon man through and through. And I, I really like Red Dog's game. I just, I need to see what Brad Scott's going to offer up first in regards to a game plan and how we're going to go about it. So we've heard in the media that a patient's first approach, he wants to focus on youth. So with that being said, is... Little Massimo D'Ambrosio is—is is he going to get—is he going to be the next Nick Hind, or back in the day, um, someone that was spoken about earlier, uh, Connor McKenna that used to play at Essendon, you know, yeah, Adam Saad when he was there. So with McGrath now playing back, by all reports, they were in Bendigo last week doing a training run. He, he does look very fit, um, and I see him as a potential captain in the future. But there's just so much uncertainty around, um, you know, you've got Ridley down there who's a well-known scorer, averages around 100 each year. Um, and, yeah, the list just goes on. So until we see some consistency with our game plan at Essendon, um, it's a watch this space for me, even though we know he uses the ball well and he gets forward and kicks goals, which is premium for a defender. Uh, Peyton Young, um, geez, i rate that kid. Yeah.
0: I, heard, I, I, I talked to my insider at Frio. He was BOG in their practice game, They reckon, as well. Yeah, right. Um, for me... You sit back in your seat. That's you going, oh, do I put him back here? Yeah. In? <laughs> so,
1: for me, it was, it was a choice between him and Nick Dacos. Yeah. And I, I just see Dacos with a more predominant midfield role um, having an ability to score more points there. But you definitely could do worse. Uh, who are the other names you brought up? Sorry.
0: Uh, just uh, they're a bit more primo. So you've yeah. got Sinclair right at the top, and then Angus Brayshaw as well. But they're they're sitting at that nine eight percent. Yes, yeah. Angus
1: Brayshaw is not a bad shout. So he, he rotates through the midfield quite a bit, and they look to get the ball in his hands coming out of the backline. Um, he does those no look kicks really really well. I don't know whether you've ever paid attention to to his game, but he just he's got a general sense of where everyone is on the ground and knows what he's doing with the ball before he gets it. So, um. I hadn't even thought about him, to be honest with you. I saw that he was in a higher than 8% range, so I sort of let it go a little bit. Um, Jack Sinclair, I think he's going to come back to the pack a little bit. Um, I think he'll drop in price, just given the way that Ross' line plays and stacks his back line and what have you. Um, Yeah, so he'll be uh, someone that I'll look to getting however many rounds in when he bottoms out in price. Um, Yeah, but for those two... Um, Jack Sinclair, probably a little bit high at the moment for me. Ah,
0: Beautiful. Good shout. And, mate, on that, we have hit the 20-minute mark. Hopefully, for everyone listening along at home, thank you so much. That has been our PODs for the defenders. Like we said, we are going to do it for all the other lines, so make sure you listen along. Huge shout-out to everybody listening at home. We thank you for your support. Uh, Make sure you follow us on all social platforms. You can find us at at Molten Fantasy Sport. Please jump online. I gave a shout-out last time, LeBron James. I'm going to start trying to pick on something a little bit sporty. This time, I gave a I gave a praise to LeBron James for passing Kareem last, last episode. I'm actually going to give a whack. My whack is going to the Australian test selectors. How dare you not select Travis Head, the number four batsman in the world, with the form that he was in leading into this test? Now, I know hindsight is a funny thing. Give me one good reason why you do not pick that man. Second or third choice. So my whack goes out to the Australian test. Mm-hmm. Cause that is an outrage on behalf of me, Mickey Dell and everyone at Molten fantasy sports podcast. This has been our session. We'll see you next time. Take care. See ya.